Welcome back, everyone. Christopher Balzano is my special guest this hour. And uh, Chris's website is trippingonlegends.wordpress.com. Chris has been a contributor to Jeff Belanger's Encyclopedia of Haunted Places and Weird Massachusetts and was one of the writers behind Weird Hauntings. He has appeared in more than a, uh, you know, his name has appeared in more than a dozen other books, often called in to offer insight into the paranormal of perspective on certain cases. Once again, trippingonlegends.wordpress.com. Welcome back, Chris. And uh, before we went to the commercial break, you were just going to uh, give us some uh, information. Yeah, I was talking about following the signs yeah. and how um, sometimes it's our openness to the paranormal that mm-hmm. allows the paranormal to kind of touch us. You know, there, there's that great saying that for every step you take towards the paranormal, it takes two steps towards you. Uh, so our job has always been go with the signs. If we're feeling like we should go someplace, we yeah. should go someplace. If we're feeling like a story is fake, or we need to follow that. And, and a really good example of it was our very first one. Uh, I had been tracking for probably five years this story about the Venice uh, bus depot in Venice, Florida, or the bus uh, train depot. Mm-hmm. And the story goes that there, um, that the Ringling brothers used to have their summer home there. And that for some reason, because there was no tragedy or anything involved, if you go there on Halloween, which is the day that they would bring the trains back in, you will see a ghost train. And you will hear uh, the lions roaring. You'll, you'll, you'll see the ghost train itself. You'll feel the the, the the train tracks rattling, uh, but it only happens on Halloween Eve. And so I'd wanted to go there for so long, and, and I was thinking about doing mm-hmm. it this one year. This is about two years ago. And I'm like, ah, I don't really know if I want to go out there. You know, I, I kind of had looked at it and previewed it and gone ahead of time to see what it looked like. Um, part of the story is when Ringling was uh, deciding to go to Venice, there was some pushback. And he wanted to show that his circus being there for the winter was beneficial to the community. So he only paid his employees in $2 bills. So that way, when they spent their money in town, a local business person could look at their register at the end of the day, see a whole stack of $2 bills and know that Ringling's people had been there. And it was, you know, that was kind of like his gimmick. Sure. And I was like, if only we could have a $2 bill, I'll go there. Mm -hmm. I can get a $2 bill. And I'm kind of laughing. Now I said, I'm a, I'm a uh, high school uh, teacher, and I was doing a dance, and I was doing the concessions. And a kid walks up to me, and he pays me with three $2 bills. Whoa. When was the last time you saw a $2 bill? I haven't seen a U.S. Uh, $2 bill <laughs> years and years and years and years. Right. Literally, this conversation is going on in my head, and a kid hands me three of them. And I realized I need to go there. And so we ended up going there that night uh, and kind of giving those bills uh, up to the spirits that were there and, and hoping that they would make their presence known. And we, we didn't get to see anything, but we heard uh, a train that we weren't able to identify. Like the, with our research, realizing there was no trains in the area at that time. So it's one of those things where we always follow what our gut tells us, which is kind of uh, runs kind of, uh, the opposite of what you do as an investigator. Um, but it's been successful for us. Uh, why do you call it tripping and not investigating? <laughs> well, I, it's legend tripping. So the 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 um, the classic example of legend tripping, right? The, the the meaning of the word originally was there's something weird going on in your town, uh, and everybody knows that it's there, there's this one place. It's a haunted house. It's Dead Man's Curve. It's whatever you can imagine. And the locals, usually uh, teenagers, as a rite of passage, almost would go and experience this. So they said, you know, the house is haunted. If you knock three times on the front door, uh, even though it's abandoned, the lights will start to flash. Right. So everyone in town would do that. And mm-hmm. it became this thing where um, it, it was a rite of passage. It meant that you were a citizen of that town or that you had gone through what you were supposed to go through. Over time, what it came to mean, and it, I guess had a, for a while, it had a really negative connotation to it. It meant you went to a supposed haunted location uh, and you just try to experience the haunting, right? So an investigator goes to a location, and they're trying to prove, like you said earlier, they're trying to prove that the ghosts are real or that the ghosts are not real, right? right. That word that I absolutely hate to bunk, right? Mm-hmm. A, a legend tripper goes for the experience itself, right? Whether something happens or doesn't happen, it's about connecting to the location. It's about connecting to the story behind of the haunting it's about connecting and this is a really important part of it it's about connecting with the people 
that you are doing it with. So it becomes an experience rather than trying to answer a question. It sounds more like um, a social activity than an investigation. And you know what? I think the majority of haunted locations. Now, if you have a haunting in your house mm-hmm. and you call me, I had a friend do this uh, around Christmas time. I said, I can go in there. I can investigate it for you. I can look into it. I can maybe give you some solutions of how you might be able to get rid of this ghost. But I did it because she was a friend. I have no desire really to investigate anymore because it is, I think, about the social experience because right. unless it's – and I bring up the house because that's something personal to you, right? But if the local forest uh, has been the spot of these strange orbs and ghost lights and, and, and cries as if a mother is, has lost her child and is looking for, if that's going on, I have no connection to that story on, on, a, on a personal level. Mm-hmm. But what I do is I have a connection with the story on what is this saying about us as people that we make up this story. It could be real. It could not be real. But people have been telling this story for five years now or 10 years or 15 or 50 years. And not only that, there's three different stories as to what the cries are. Right. And so, there's 12 different stories to what the lights are. Go out there and talk to people about what they've heard, maybe what they've experienced, but also what they've heard about it. And so, yes, there is a social aspect of it that I think paranormal investigating doesn't have. You know, we as investigators, we load ourselves up with equipment. Mm -hmm. We go out there in the field. We rely on technology to be our eyes and our ears. Uh, We replace it with we replace EMF meters with our gut or our gut with EMF meters. And then we compile all this information. And maybe in groups of one or two, we evaluate evidence we got for hours on end. It is a very isolating experience. You are looking at the questions of what happens to us after we die. Uh, what's our place in society? Or what's our place in the world? And all these big questions, and the majority of it you do almost like in a little bubble. And that was no longer appealing to me. I wanted it to be an experience. I wanted the people I was going out with. Mm-hmm. I wanted to connect with uh, people who are experts in their area of the country or their area of Florida mostly. Um, and I wanted to, to, to make it uh, make connections rather than just kind of whether to well, prove that ghosts are real or all not. All right, so do, am I to understand then Folklore becomes the paranormal, or is it the paranormal that becomes folklore? <laughs> That's a, see, once you start asking that question, then you're ready to be a legend tripper. <laughs> um, it, 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 it's worked both ways. I mean, I think that there are, um, I think that the majority, now, like I said, we don't do anything residential, right? right? I think the majority of hauntings are that are genuine or maybe even not genuine, we don't understand it, right? Uh, you were talking about Jeff Belanger earlier. Yeah. Jeff Belanger is, is famous for saying uh, any place is haunted by the most famous person who was once there, <laughs> right? That's so true. If George Washington was in this house, mm-hmm. and there's something paranormal going on. It's George Washington's ghost that's doing it. All right. right. I, yeah, I understand and that. I, I understand that, Chris, but in today's world— Para, para, what's it called? Paratourism is big, and a lot of people are making up stories about haunted locations, about haunted restaurants, about haunted hotels, haunted B&Bs, just for the business. And how yeah. is this affecting the credible tripper or the credible researcher in today's society? Like, we had enough problems with the, the, uh, the disinformation on the Internet. Now we have cities, towns, municipalities, and corporations, you know, basically lying, creating paranormal scenarios just to get the almighty dollar. Right. And and part of the interest and part of the fun of that for me Mm -hmm. is to look at those stories and say, where is the origin? Okay, if the origin comes from... Uh, you from last year, mm-hmm. and I can't find anything until you said it in a tour. Yeah, chances are we're not going to look into that, and we're not, and and, and we're going to put it out there. Like, here's a story that um, that people have been have been spreading for the last year, and it really just kind of comes from this one tour guide. Um, we were investigating uh, or tripping, I should say, uh-huh. the story of the Bloody Bucket Bridge in Wachula, Florida. Right, and. The story goes that there was a um, there was a woman who helped deliver children, 
and she was a freed slave Mm -hmm. uh, after the Civil War. And for different reasons are attributed to it. Some of it's revenge. Some of it went crazy. Some of it is that she um, she had this weird obsession with overpopulation. She was killing some of the children that she delivered. And then she would go and bury them at this one place underneath a bridge. Uh, that goes over that goes that goes through Wachula, uh, right near um, the Peace River. Right. And she eventually was kind of found out, and she was fired. So already my alarm's going off. So I'm like, wait a minute. All right, a black woman in Florida who's killing babies, and they don't kill her. They don't put her in jail. They fire her. Yeah. Okay, that, something doesn't fit with this story. But the story goes that she, after that, especially went crazy, and she would go down and continuously empty these buckets of water into the water, uh, uh, and and it would turn red. All right, right? stand by, Chris. Chris, I've got to do a bit of a cliffhanger here. And uh, we'll be back (laughs) on the other side, so you just uh, hold that that bucket until we get back. Exo Nation, Chris (laughs) Balzano is our special guest. His website is trippingonlegends.wordpress.com, and we'll be back on the other side of this news break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simultv plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games, No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. We live in rapidly shifting times of extreme volatility and uncertainty. Such profound change brings a unique opportunity for the evolution of consciousness. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, host of Mission Evolution Radio Show, a program that explores the latest scientific developments and deepening spiritual truths supporting human evolution. Join me on XZBN.net, where I interview leading experts in science, physics, medicine, spirituality, and more. By applying divergent viewpoints to leading-edge topics, we uncover expansive and evolutionary truth to assist you on your path to enlightenment. More information and past episodes are available at missionevolution.org. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, 
its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All Hit Radio. X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I am your host. I am your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, Simul Radio, Simul TV, and on iHeartRadio. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And if you'd like to find out about the programming we have available for you 24-7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Visit us at www.xzbn.net. My guest this hour, Exonation, is Christopher Balzano. And Chris is a writer, researcher, folklorist, and the current host of the podcast Tripping on Legends. He has been documenting the unexplained since 1994 and has been a figure in the paranormal world through his books, articles, and his work as the director of Massachusetts Paranormal Crossroads, and now Tripping on Legends. Chris is the author of several books about regional hauntings, dark woods, cults, crime, and the paranormal in Freetown State Forest and Ghosts of the Bridgewater Triangle, as well as the collection of true ghost stories, ghostly adventures, and the How to Paranormal books, Picture Yourself Ghost Hunting, and Picture Yourself Capturing Ghosts on Film. His most recent book, Haunted Objects, Stories of Ghosts on Your Shelf, capture stories of everyday people who have accidentally allowed spirits into their homes. Joining me now is Christopher Balzano. And Chris, welcome back to the X-Zone. Thank you very much. It's been way too long since we've talked to each other. It has been, uh, my friend, and congratulations on all the wonderful things that you've been doing and and how hard you've been working to get the, the paranormal normalized in every day's, everybody's uh, daily life so that the spook factor isn't there, but getting back to basics and trying to investigate and discover and prove that the paranormal does exist. So congratulations. I, thank you. I mean, I think that a lot of people uh, sometimes feel that those are two separate things. I mm-hmm. run across that uh, idea all the time. I'm a, I'm a middle school teacher. I, I've just actually taken a position as a high school teacher. And you'd be surprised how when you say the word ghost, mm-hmm. there's still that pushback. And yet... These stories, these ghost stories, and, and especially my focus now, the folklore around them and the stories around them, are part of our everyday lives already. Yeah. You know, and it's just kind of accepting that and seeing that for, for uh, the useful tool that it can be and kind of how it's part of us. Well, let's start off at the beginning, Chris. What brought you into the yeah. realm of becoming a paranormal investigator? Well, uh, back in the day uh, when I was a Massachusetts resident, mm-hmm. I've been down here for about 10 years now in Florida. Uh, so I'm no longer in Massachusetts, but, you know, I was in the most haunted dorm in the United States and, and the most haunted building in Boston. Wow. And people told a lot of ghost stories uh, of what was going on in this building. It was the old Charles Gate Hotel. It was an old mm-hmm. mafia hotel. So there were supposed uh, people who had died there and a woman uh, uh, had uh, had committed suicide in the room like every other college in the United States. And there was a little girl. In the, and I started hearing all of these stories. And I wanted to um, kind of hash out what was real and what was not. And so I just started documenting people's experiences mm-hmm. and then kind of also what they heard. Um, and as I kind of started to expand, I came across uh, the redheaded hitchhiker of Route 44, which is this really great yet classic legend 
of a ghost I'd seen in Rehoboth, Massachusetts. And I went out there and I was looking for the ghost and I was posting stuff about it. And this was kind of like just as the internet was hitting. And now all of a sudden people were saying, well, I heard of this other place. Can you go investigate it? And so, you know, back in those days, you had, you know, you could go look at a book or, or something like that. You didn't have TV shows yet. Right. Uh, and so, really, it was just kind of in documenting the stories and getting the stories of what people were telling out there, I found myself also looking to see whether these ghosts were real. Um, and then kind of going through the process and, and learning the technology, inventing technology along the way. Um, and, and, and always in the background was that story, uh, you know, why are people telling this story? Why are people feeling that this place is haunted? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, for 15 years, uh, I was, you know, knee deep in trying to prove that these ghosts were real and trying to bring that information to people and convince them that um, these stories that they were hearing had a real happening that was at the center of it. So were you able to prove that ghosts are real? (laughs) You know, when I was writing my book, um, Picture Yourself uh, Ghost Hunting, I asked about 30 different investigators at that time, and, and, and writing that book made me more of a student of paranormal investigators than a student of the paranormal, so it was fun. <laughs> um, I asked them, uh, uh, what do you think it would take for people to believe that ghosts are real? To a person, and these were investigators, folklorists, demonologists, across the board, to a person, all of them said, nothing will convince someone unless they have their own experience. And I think now that book is almost 10 years old now. Mm-hmm. I think we've done more with technology in terms of being able to manipulate audio, visual, Big time. Uh, video pictures. People are not going to believe that the paranormal is real until they experience it themselves. And so I have done an absolutely horrible job of trying to convince Oh, oh I, I think what you've done is you've <laughs> opened up the eyes to so many to, to get out there and to prove not only to themselves but to others that goes for real. Uh, but what do you think a ghost is, Chris? Um, I, I, you know, I, I've tossed this around, and, and I've, I've over the years come to think that um, there's not one clear definition because we're just uh, mislabeling things. Right. I think that we put it through whatever prism um, we feel is comfortable or what we're kind of like been brought up with or what we're learning. Um, I think that it all has to do with energy that somehow translates to personality uh, and energy that somehow translates into your humanity and what that is. And that energy somehow gets trapped. Um, and so sometimes I know there's a really big um, pushback against the idea of like a residential, uh, a, a residual haunting, like right. an idea that something has been psychically recorded. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in the camp that believes that that's true. I think that, that explains a lot of paranormal activity. It's just, um, the events and the emotion of something has been just left somewhere. It's been trapped there. Uh, but then I also believe that there's energy that's out there that can interact. Uh, for one reason or another, the consciousness has kind of existed beyond the body. Well, is, um, is, it, possible, is it possible, Chris, that the, the energy of a ghost is attracted to some people who have a higher or stronger electromagnetic field around them that, that we humans emanate, and that this is why some people actually have interactions with ghosts or have the ability to sense or see ghosts while others don't? Um, yeah, and I'll, and I'll one-up that as well. I think okay. that it's, it's true for people, and it's true for environments as well. Mm-hmm. I think that there are some environments that are more conducive to that as well. Um, and, and I think that oftentimes, you know, if, if there's a, a root cause uh, for something, like, for example, a tragedy happens in your house, right? Um, then you can say that that energy might be trapped there, and therefore your energy uh, works with that energy to create kind of like a tumbler, and you unlock something. But if there's not necessarily a history in your house mm-hmm. or a history of the location and yet you're perceiving something, that's now like the environment and you. You know, you're somehow, because you're more perceptive or you're more into it and you're right. more uh, aware of what things are going on, you're able to do that. Whether that's your electromagnetic, I mean, that's, you know, I've never thought of it that way because if they have <laughs> energy, you have energy too. That's right. right. Yeah, exactly. Interact. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with um, your openness. So it might be a, a biochemical kind of thing, but it also has to do with where your mind is. You know, one thing that we've been focused on in Tripping on Legends is we always follow the signs. 
Um, let me give you a quick story about that. Sure. We've got about, uh, why don't we do this, Chris? I've got to take a commercial break in about a minute and a half now. So I I really don't want to have you start. And then I say, Chris, let's do a bit of a cliffhanger here because it's not fair to you, my friend, and certainly not fair to (laughs) listeners. So we're going to hold off on, on this until we come back from this commercial okay. break that I'm going to go to right now. Exonation, Christopher Balzano was my very special guest. We've had the pleasure of having Chris on the f- uh, show before. Unfortunately, it's been over five years, but we're not going to let that happen again. His website is www.trippingonlegends.wordpress.com. And this is the Exon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And um, we're still coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. As you can tell by the, the scene of downtown Hamilton right behind me from our studios atop of the escarpment in Hamilton. If you'd like to send me an email, it's very simple. Exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And Christopher Balzano and I will be back talking about ghosts, things that go bump in the night, and much more here in the X-Zone as we continue on the other side of this break. Don't go away. From our broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond, you're watching the X-Zone Broadcast Network www.xzbn.net AVS Media You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV plus 500 video games live TV channels free video on demand worldwide and more Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well it is, but you can have it today right now It is Simul TV TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi Fi, you can still listen to the X Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X Minus One, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, After the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. 
And welcome back, everyone. Christopher Balzano is my special guest this hour. Uh, Chris has appeared on radio stations across the country and throughout the Internet, as well as being called upon by television shows to comment on ghosts and urban legends, including British television series Conversations with a Serial Killer. His website is www.trippingonlegends.wordpress.com. All right, Chris, you've kind of been holding that bucket ever since we went to the break over the news, so why don't we finish this story so you can give your arms a rest? No, but hey, you know, I'm a storyteller, so I don't mind leaving a good cliffhanger. All right. Break, so <laughs> um, so the, the story goes that if you go to the Peace River, to this one area of the Peace River, um, by the light of the full moon, the water will appear bright red. Mm-hmm. It'll be blood red. And uh, there are times when you can just put a bucket near it and your bucket will fill with the bloody water, right? And um, we wanted to try this out, right? And so we made a plan and actually – we were able to do it on the on the blood moon <laughs> back in January and February, which was which was really exciting. Now, in researching that story, we weren't able to find any reference to this until it appeared in a book, right? So I won't name the book because I don't want to put it, put out the author, even though he's passed since. But there was no information about this having existed until this book was published. So we kind of were shaking our heads, saying this probably isn't real. This probably isn't. Um, and yet the road is known as Bloody Bucket Road, right? Hmm. The people in the area, it's Griffin Road, Wachula, people have been calling it Bloody Bucket Road. So, you know, that something has to be going on with that. And we've experienced that before where there are streets or areas that are named for the legends that are there. So we did a little bit more research, went out there, and we're actually researching even on the road. Mm-hmm. And we were able to find four or five years before the, um, the book was published, there was a woman – uh, who decided she wanted to write a good ghost story, right? And so what she did was she said, you know what? I decided they call this Bloody Bucket Road. I'm going to write a story. Ah. And so she wrote a story about why it's called Bloody Bucket Road. And that's the story that got picked up, even though it clearly says on there it's fiction. That's the story that got picked up. And for the last 10 years, people have been telling this story about this old woman dumping the remains of children at this area, and that's why the blood is red. The best part is it's called Bloody Bucket Road because there was a bar at the end of the street, right? And it was known for being so violent that at the end of the night, people would have bloods of, buckets of blood from mopping up all the teeth and, <laughs> and all the blood from people getting into fights all night. And that's why they called it Bloody Bucket Unreal. Road. Unreal. But this woman, this woman decided she was going to make a fictional story. Mm-hmm. Another person – now, I'm not saying – once again, I'm not saying that the writer made the story up or didn't do his research. What right. I'm saying is – what that woman wrote became the legend that people told, right? And so one person tells another person, another person tells another person. Then someone like me comes around is writing a book, and there are three or four people who are saying that story now, and boom, it becomes the legend. So that's kind of an ex- – and what we need to do is take a step back from that. There is no ghost, right? She was supposedly drowned there, and you can see her body rising from the water as well. There's no ghost there, right? Yeah. There's no – children crying there it's not a real haunted location and yet we can take that idea we can take that concept that people created this story and the history of that right the history of this location now going back 60 years from when the bar first opened and embrace that as long as we do that right as long as we can say this is a legend this is maybe a real haunting this is something we don't know what it is yet and embrace those three different things and not try to be like all right, well, because it's, because it's being told it's true, I think it's perfectly fine to explore uh, made-up stories as part of haunting. And yet there are people who believe the story to be real that I'm sure actually go down to this location and they hear, they hear the screams or they see what they believe they're going to see. And how does this actually play into the paranormal scenarios that are being reported today? How much is fact and how much is made up in yeah, the person's mind? So I yeah. mean, it's, it's, and, and I think we have gone to several different locations mm-hmm. um, that I could say beyond a shadow of a doubt the, the folklore behind the story, uh, folklore behind the location is nothing more than folklore, right? And yet, one thing that we always do is we always tape record and video record everything that we do right. for documentation. And also, we listen to the audio to see if we can get EVPs because there's still that excitement of that, right? 
we have heard more – I've gotten better EVP evidence in locations that are not haunted <laughs> than the locations that I can say, you know what, there might be – this ghost story might be true. So how do you explain um, that? I think it has a lot to do with that whole idea of we bring what we have to the location. Gotcha. Um, if you believe that this tree is where the body of seven people were hung mm-hmm. and you're going there to experience that, you are going there with all of your expectations, all of your baggage, yeah. you're projecting onto that site. That site will become a haunted location. Let me ask you something, Chris. Uh, we were talking earlier about the, I believe it was Venice, Florida, where the Spook train was uh, a pair, mm-hmm. uh, allegedly happens on Halloween night. What happens in a leap year? <laughs> no, I, I'm serious. With all of these residual hauntings or these residual apparitions, how is it that the apparition or the haunting knows when the uh, when it's a leap year or not? You know, this is always. How do you want? <laughs> I'll do you one better than that. Okay. It says midnight on Halloween. Yeah. Does that mean midnight going from the 30th to the 31st? Exactly. Or does that mean midnight going from the 31st 30th, to the 1st? Right. So how do we, how do we, how do we, you know, how do we put any validity into these right. kind of stories? Or do we just kind of say, hey, you know what, that's a pretty good ghost story and leave it at that? I mean, I think it's okay if you can if you can put it in its place. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can understand that this is a blurred line, right? You know, if you can understand that, um, you know, this is not to attack your sensibility about anything. Mm-hmm. This is not to attack your belief system. These are there's people who are experiencing something. Here are these stories that are attached to it. We don't quite know because it's a really fuzzy area, but it's there. And more importantly, why is it there? Why are people making up these stories? And I think if you you approach it from that way, and I think if you can keep that perspective on it as someone, uh, part of that community or, or, or someone who experiences that, then it's okay. What has been the most frightening trip or investigation that you yourself have been on? And what was that paranormal event that kind of frightened you, Christopher Balzano. Right. Um, all right, I'm going to give you two answers. Okay. <laughs> um, the, the scariest place we've ever been uh, is a cemetery called the Hundred Step Cemetery in Brazil, Indiana. Mm-hmm. And the story goes in this cemetery, and I call it the most documented, uh, uh, the most documented urban legend in America, in that the location itself isn't more famous than other paranormal locations. It just happens to be near Indiana University, which is the cradle of folklore research. <laughs> so there are literally hundreds of reports of this story uh, uh, archived there, right? So it, it's one of the most well-documented. The story goes, there's a hundred steps that lead into the cemetery. If you go up and you count the hundred steps as you go, and if you get exactly a hundred, mm-hmm. while you're up there, the undertaker, the original undertaker, will appear to you and tell you the moment of your death. They will, he will tell you when you will die, Okay. Then you go back down the stairs, and now one of three things can happen. As you're going back down the stairs, you have to count again. If you don't count 100 steps, if you've misplaced yourself somehow, you will die earlier than what he said. So you've changed your own fate. You're going to die earlier. Or if you get the 100 steps down, mm-hmm. that's when you're going to die. Of course, the third option is you might get down to the bottom, and because of your sins, hell opens up and swallows you whole. <laughs> so these are the stories that are being told about this place. And people have reported all the great classic uh, uh, cemetery things, you know, uh, lights and unknown figures and, and weird noises. We rolled up because it has to happen at exactly midnight, uh, and it was a dark and stormy night. It was the perfect setting for uh, a really good ghost experience. I've been doing this for more than 20 years now. We had a, we had, had a great experience during the day having to do with Pukwudgies and the paranormal. We got there, and we were so amped up that we were completely frightened and, and, and almost didn't make the climb up the stairs. It was the most intense experience we ever had. We were in the middle of nowhere. We were going up the stairs. We went up the stairs. We stayed there for about 10 minutes. Right. You know, we did a video from there. We tried to talk to the guy, and then we ran to our car and went away. And we were like, we're never going back there. And the weird thing was, nothing happened to us. It was scary because 
of the things that were attached to it, all of these different stories. Uh, and so we psyched ourselves out. So the weird thing is, is one of the locations where we experienced the least was the one that was the scariest for us, <laughs> right? Yes. So that's, that's the first part of the answer. The second part of the answer is we went to this area known as the Okay, Devil's hold Island. on here, hold on here. We're going to have to take the final break. You notice how these cliffhangers happen, right, Chris? And just as you're going to get into a new story, <laughs> we'll keep them waiting, Chris. Hey, Chris, uh, thanks very much for coming back on the show. It's great having you with us, and you and I will be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon with our special guest, Christopher Balzano. His website, Exxonation, is trippingonlegends.wordpress.com. And on Facebook, facebook.com, Tripping on Legends. I'm Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon, and I'll be back. You can count on that, and uh, I don't know. Going upstairs to find out when I'm going to die? No, thank you. I think I'll just leave that to good old fate. Yeah, it's nothing I'd really like to do. Now, there's a lot of people I know that I'd like to send up those stairs, but we won't get into that this hour. Christopher Balzano and I will return. Don't go away. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi, and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. The concept of a new age has been around since the late 19th century, yet much of its original meaning has been lost. What exactly is the new age? Is it a religion, a collection of obscure esoteric practices, a series of doomsday predictions, or an astrological event? The New Age Chronicles is a unique, complimentary publication bringing reason and grounded information to separate fact from fiction. Chocked full of valuable information to support you as we make the monumental shift into the new era. You won't want to miss a single innovative issue. The New Age Chronicles newspaper is coming soon to www.newagechronicles.com.
And we're back with Christopher Balzano. His website is trippingonlegends.wordpress.com and on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash trippingonlegends. All right, buddy. We did another another cliffhanger for you. So take it away, well, my friend. A, if you're going to do a cliffhanger, it's great to end with, and then we went to the devil's tree. Ooh. Dot, 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 right? Yeah. Um, so... We, we had heard this story about the Devil's Tree in Port St. Lucie. Uh, mm-hmm. It's in this area uh, known as uh, Okamic Park. And the background of this case is that there was a serial killer. Now, this part is actually all real. Okay. There was a serial killer named Gerald Schaefer um, who was active in Florida. He's accused or he's thought to have killed uh, up to 30 women uh, in and around. And he was a sheriff's deputy, actually. Wow. Um, and you, it, it's interesting because you were talking about uh, you know, what if play, what if an area we go there and we think something? Can we can we force a uh, can we create a, a haunting happen? Yeah. This is an area. This is what has happened at the Devil's Tree. Schaefer, the women he's accused of killing near there, he killed probably or the, the bodies were found probably a hundred meters from this tree, and yet this tree is so creepy that it's become the focus of the legend because in other murders he had actually hung women from trees, and so there is this huge oak tree which has got to be one of the creepiest ones that I've ever seen. So it's not surprising to me that a story develops around it. It's um, all the branches are growing down instead of up, which is really weird. It's all gnarly. There's kind of like the bark has all these faces in it. It it, it could be the creepiest tree I've ever been at. It sounds like the creepiest tree I've ever heard of. Yeah. And we we went there and the tree is supposedly indestructible. So you can actually see where people have tried to saw into it where people have tried to burn it instead of they just kind of have burnt areas of it. They haven't been able to burn it down. Um, and we went there and we really kind of had nothing happen to us at the time we were there. Um, one of the things, and we've gotten some slack for this, uh, and I think it's a little bit different, but we took some of the bark. Because one of the stories is that if you take anything from the tree, bad things will happen to you. So we wanted to kind of uh, <laughs> we, we, we wanted to, to see if we could antagonize that idea of it. So we took some of the bark. Um, immediately, uh, we started running into car problems. Um, my, uh, my, my, that little light that says your tires are unstable yep. automatically went on. Uh, it was, the engine was kind of all, it was all horrible. And we were like, we need to, we need to crash for the night. Now this is kind of near Orlando, Florida which is the hotel capital of the world, right? It There's sure no is. more hotels in Orlando than anywhere else, maybe. Um, nothing. There was no special events going on. We could not find every single hotel we tried to get at. We could not find it. So why didn't, uh, why didn't you call me, Chris? Chris, why didn't you call me? I would have let you into our condo. <laughs> oh, really? Are you near there? Yeah, we have condo in, in Orlando. Oh, well... Okay, well, I'm going in two weeks. Or can I? Is it okay if we crash? I'll check to see if it's vacant or not. Because <laughs> we didn't even get into uh, my central Florida. Uh, really? Stuff. But anyway, so so we are. Uh, oh yeah, that's uh, especially surrounding the Ocala Forest, where uh, it's kind of like if you remember Dark Woods and you remember the discussions we've had on that. I know it's been years since we've done that. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about that as the heart of the Bridgewater Triangle. I think right. the Ocala. Uh, Forest is kind of a, a center of darkness in that area, and so we've been looking into those stories. But um, this Devil's Tree, for me, kind of falls into that. So let me finish up this story, sure. right? So we go to a gas station. We fill up. We mm-hmm. put the air in the tires, and I'm like, I'm getting rid of this bark. Uh, Rob, I kid you not, I put my hand to the bat, to the, the barrel to throw the, the, the bark away. The bark literally jumped from my hand into the garbage. Which is fine, right? Okay, maybe I envisioned it, maybe something. The weird part began when we started the three-hour journey back to South Florida where I live. Okay. Natalie, who is my my co-host and my fellow tripper, Mm -hmm. uh, kept hearing a phone ring. And not like her phone, but like an old-school, like classic phone-on-the-wall kind of ringing. And she kept saying, are you hearing that? No, I'm not hearing anything, Natalie. And then she'd kind of go to sleep for a little bit, and she'd wake up again. Like, are you hearing this phone ring? You know, to me, now, I didn't tell it to her because it, it would freak her out at the time. That is a classic opening uh, a line, or uh, uh, if you will, of uh, obsession leading to possession. Um, if, huh. you, if you've studied demonology at all, that idea of a phone ringing. And this kept happening to her the entire three-hour ride there. 
we get back to my house. We decide to crash at my house. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you hear that weird flute playing? Um, and I'm like, no. And she's like, it's weird. It's, it's like, but it's not like a flute. And I'm like, is it like a pan flute? And so I played her some Vangelis, and she <laughs> was able to hear. You know, the, uh, she's able to hear some of that. And like, yeah, yeah, that's really that's really weird. Once again, that idea of a pan flute and the associations of, of pan with the devil as well. Right. Are we inventing this stuff? How many of these things have to happen before we start to see like hmm, something weird was going on that night? Both of our dreams played with these visions. Well, I don't dream at all, and yet I'm having these absolutely horrible nightmares of of these. Things happening well, at the tree, things happening to us, oh, things happening okay. to my children association. Okay, the it. dream the dreams could be a you know, uh, a subliminal implant based on the place where you were at and some of the things that happened. Of course I can understand that. So I you know, I don't put a right, lot into right. the dreams so far. No. But but what it is is how many of those things have to happen uh, before you start to be like, All right, we're hearing weird things, uh, um, we're we're having these absolutely odd dreams yeah um and then we looked at some of the evidence and we gerald schaefer or something there is talking throughout the entire thing we get these crazy uh responses to questions that natalie's asking we've got gerald schaefer talking to uh the little kid who who found us in the playground and said Mm -hmm. hey you guys looking for the devil's tree it's so famous in that area even little kids know about it and he took us to go find it it was one of those experiences that at the time it was this really interesting legend to explore. And then we got home and we looked at the evidence. We had these experiences and we were like, that place scares us more than any other place we've been. And Schaefer's made himself known to us in a few different locations. So we've actually heard his voice on EVPs and on, and on, on, on video in other locations we bid to almost as if he's following us question mark. Um, or uh, several of these other locations, this once again goes has to do with the Ocala stuff, are these areas where he had other victims and we're picking him up. Those are the kind of questions that are fun to play with, once again, like we talked about earlier, as long as you take them in context, right? As long as you say, these are legends, these are stories, they're not necessarily but true. We, but, we also have to but, take a, but we also have to take a look at the physiological aspects that are related to the story from your own your own bodies. You were tired. You were overtired. You were exhausted. You had a preconceived idea of what could happen. The brain plays a lot of funny, uh, you know, uh, tricks on, on people, especially when they're tired. The fact that you did not hear a telephone ringing, that you did not hear pan flutes, that your that Natalie did, you know, to me, this raises questions. Well, was it really something to do with location or was it psychological? So this is what we also have right. to do. We just can't take a bunch of coincidences, whether they're, you know, especially when they're not, they're not, um, they're not happening to all the people that are there, but only certain people. So, you know... How much of it is real? How much is, of it is psychological? And once again, where does the power of belief play into this? Right. And the beauty of it is you take a step back and you can say, mm-hmm. we're not sure anything happened. Yeah. We're, we have, we have not, and yet this is how haunted locations get reputations. This is how urban legends mm-hmm. and folklore are created and are spread. You know, I'll and give you an example. Again, you can say that about that. Yeah. Right, I can't say Gerald Schaefer is in my in my bedroom playing a flute. Right, you can't say that the devil is is knocking at my door. What you can say is when people go to this location, they have these weird things happen to them afterwards. You know, I'll give you an example true, of something true. that happened. I was uh, I was uh, with a friend of mine in Toronto uh, who does a, a a daytime talk show, Andrew Crystal, and I went on to the corner of Bloor and Young in Toronto, and this was part of an experiment that we were conducting on air. And I stood on the corner, looked up. I wasn't looking at anything. But all I was doing was looking up. My hands were by my side. I was looking up. Within 15 minutes, we had a crowd of 40, 50 people all looking up, and they could see something. And there was nothing there. Right. I remember there was a classic Benny Hill skit that was like that. 
And at the end, the original guy walks out and he has a neck brace on. That's why his head's up like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chris, the time... You know, but I think, and, and if we had longer to talk, we could spend a whole hour talking about that's why we create these things. Why do we feel this yeah. need to have these stories? Why do we have to have them? Well, we're going to have you back on. There's no two ways about that. It's been way too long. Um, Chris, how can people find out more about you? And uh, where are you going to be tripping next where maybe people can run into you? Um, we are, in, we, we are, like I said, we are hitting Central Florida. We've got some really great stories from Stetson University mm-hmm. in that area, uh, as well as the other side. I'm following some really great uh, Native American legends that have been uh, spread and changed and manipulated all throughout Central Florida. So that's our big trip this summer. We're not able to leave the state like we did last year. Uh, you can contact me. The best place is probably the Facebook uh, page because that's where we post most of our actual activities at facebook.com backslash tripping on legends and then the website where i do a lot of my writing and publish my writing is tripping on legends.wordpress.com chris i want to thank you ever so much for joining us don't be a stranger we'll have you back on in a couple thank of months so we can talk me. more about this and uh happy and safe tripping my friend <laughs> thank you very much have a wonderful night thank you for having me on again you too I partner bye-bye now exonation <laughs> christopher balzano has been our guest Once again, www.trippingonlegends.wordpress.com. I'll be back on the other side of this break at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue here in the X-Zone. Don't go away. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464. 